Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of James. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail your questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. Here is Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're beginning our study in the letter of James. We also call it the book of James or the general epistle of James. And some call it the epistle general of James. And most of the time, quite honestly, we just refer to it as the book of James. This was written somewhere between A.D. 45 and A.D. 50, or somewhere in that time frame. It is the earliest of the epistles in the New Testament. We have seven epistles that are referred to as universal or general, or Catholic, meaning universal. That includes James. 1st and 2nd Peter, 1st and 2nd and 3rd John, and Jude. They were all called by the early church general or universal epistles because their addresses, with the exceptions of 2nd and 3rd John, were not limited to a single locality. James, for example, is addressed to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad, a designation for believers everywhere, likely Jewish Christians at that early date, because we're talking a time before even the uh, uh, fall of the temple in Jerusalem. Now, there is some question about which of the James mentioned in the New Testament happens to be the one that wrote the book. Uh, The Schofield notes say it's James the Just. Uh, Some of the Lutheran commentators say that it is James the Less. And of the four men that are bearing the name of James in the New Testament, it probably is the one James the Just. As Ryrie says, of the four men bearing the name James in the New Testament, only two have been proposed as the author of this letter. James, the son of Zebedee, brother of John, and James, the half-brother of Jesus. It's unlikely that the son of Zebedee was the author, for he was martyred in A.D. uh, 44. And that's according to Acts chapter 12, verse 2. The authoritative tone of the letter not only rules out the two lesser-known Jameses of the New Testament, James the last James of Luke 6.16, but points to the half-brother of Jesus who became the recognized leader of the church at Jerusalem. We can look in Acts chapter 12, verse 17, Acts chapter 15, verse 13, and Acts 21, 18. This conclusion is supported by the resemblances in the Greek between this epistle and the speech of James at the council of Jerusalem, uh, found in uh, Acts 15, 23, 127, and Acts 15, 14 to 5, and Acts 15, 13. So, some would deny that uh, James was the author, because the Greek was excellent, 
The writing of the book was at the very end of the first century. However, Galileans knew and used Greek well along with Aramaic and Hebrew, and an earlier date is indicated by the lack of reference to the Jerusalem Council, which was held in A.D. 49, and by the use of the word synagogue for the church in chapter 2, verse 2, and by the strong expectation of the Lord's soon return in chapter 5, verses 7, 8, and 9. As you will remember, Luther questioned whether or not this letter should be included in the canon of Scripture, the canon of Scripture being the listing of those books that would be considered authentic for Christians. And in fact, there was a question by others as to whether or not it should be included in the canon of Scripture. However, it was not um, settled, really, until some folks uh, sat down and really studied the book of James. Luther did not question its authenticity or the genuineness of James, only its usefulness in comparison with Paul's epistles because he says that the justification by faith is not mentioned very well and works are elevated. And this has been the reason that the book has been questioned over the years. However, we do know that the book is concerned with the practical aspects of the Christian life. In fact, the book of James, this epistle of James, has been referred to as the Proverbs of the New Testament. The Proverbs of the New Testament because it speaks to us of the practical aspects of religion, that is, the practical aspects of Christian conduct, how we are to express ourselves, how we are to live our lives. Everything about the epistle of James suggests it was one of the first New Testament books written. It was addressed to the 12 scattered tribes. It was written when the church was still primarily Jewish. Its many allusions to Christ's teachings, uh, but independence from the Gospels, favor a very early date. Its emphasis on the Lord's return while omitting other doctrines concerning Christ also implies an early date. The simple church structure described in James supports its probable antiquity. For example, bishops and deacons are not mentioned, only elders who were part of the church. Uh, chapter 2, verse 2. And there's no hint of a Jew-Gentile controversy, so James was probably written before A.D. 49, a date in the early 40s, 45 to 50, 45, 46, 47, is commonly accepted. Now, this book is not a theological text. It is not a theoretical text either. It's not based in theory, but it's based in practicality how we are to live our lives. It contains very little that is distinctively Christian apart from everything else, but it does give us the truth with the frequent illustrations from nature corresponding to Christ's parabolic teaching. The way that Christ taught is the way that James teaches. The themes of faith and works are often seen. James presents these subjects not as conflicting values, but as complementary. 
For James, faith may be either saving faith or profession of faith, much like the usage of the word faith today. For Paul, faith is faith. For James, faith may be genuine or spurious. Hence, James demands that faith must demonstrate itself as real. Therefore, the theme of James is not merely faith and works, but faith that works. And that uh, last is taken from the King James Study Bible. And so what we have here is a book that was written to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. These are Christian Jews of the dispersion. And that's who began in the church. The church began with Jews who became followers of Jesus Christ. James was the leader of the church at Jerusalem. It appears from James chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, that they still held the synagogue courts for the trial of causes arising among themselves. The epistle then is elementary in the extreme, according to Schofield's notes. To suppose that James 2, 14 through 26 is a polemic against Paul's doctrine of justification is absurd. Neither Galatians nor Romans had yet been written. Outward religious service is the theme of of the book. Outward religious service is the expression and proof of inward believing, inward faith. And so when we read the book of James, we do not see works exalted against faith, but we see faith tested by works and faith producing works. And so we have here the only wisdom book of the New Testament. And it's in the style of the Old Testament wisdom books, the Old Testament Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and that sort of thing. So here we have in this book, the book of James, the most Old Testament, the most like uh, Old Testament writing uh, that we have. It's the most similar to an Old Testament book. And it is, from all that we can see, the first letter that was written to the church from the leadership of the church, written from Jerusalem, written by James the Just, the pillar at the church in Jerusalem. And he was concerned about people who claimed to be Christian following Christ and living their lives for Christ. That was his concern. And so we have many outlines we could use here. Uh, we can see uh, a huge number of outlines. In fact, I've got about 10 sitting here in front of me as I talk to you. But let's go with um, a simple division. And Schofield is the one that came up with this one, and we'll just use it for right now. Uh, the divisions are five in this book, the testing of faith in chapter one, um, the reality of faith tested by the tongue, chapter three, so it's all the way in testing of faith is uh, in chapter one through chapter two, and then the reality of faith tested by the tongue in chapter three, the rebuke of worldliness in chapter four, and the rich warned in chapter five, the first part, verses one through six, 
And then oratory, or teaching to us, uh, exhortation, if you will, in uh, chapter 5, verses 7 through 20. Now, that's about the skinniest outline that I've seen of the book of James. The rest of them go on for pages, and so you just have to understand that. Would you like for me to go into a little more detail? Well, let me do that with uh, an outline that Ryrie provided, and then we'll get into the the text and the meat of the text. In Ryrie's outline of the book of James, we see the greeting in chapter 1, verse 1, and then the second point is trials, chapter 1, verses 2 through 18, with A, the purpose of trials, in verses 2 through 12, the pedigree of trials is B, verses 13 through 16, and C is the purpose of God, verses 17 and 18. Uh, The third point, the Word, chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. Number four is partiality, chapter 2, verses 1 through 13, with A being the command to 1, B the conduct to 2 and 3, and C the consequences, chapter 2, verses 4 through 13. Um, Roman numeral 5 would be faith and works, chapter 2, verses 14 through 26 with A being the inquiry, uh, verse 14, B the illustration, verses 15, 16, and 17, and C the indoctrination, verses 18 through 26 of chapter 2. 6, the sins of the tongue, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12, A, its bridling, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, B, its boasting, chapter 3, verses 5 through 12. Roman numeral 7, True Wisdom, chapter 3, verses uh, 13 through 18. And uh, Roman numeral 8, The Worldliness, chapter 4, verses 1 through 17. A, its cause, 1 and 2 being the verses. B, its consequences, verses 3 through 6. C, its cure, verses 7, 8, 9, and 10. And D, its characteristics, chapter 4, verses 11 through 17. Roman numeral 9, Riches, Patience, and Swearing, chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Roman numeral 10, Prayer, chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. And Roman numeral 11, The Conversion of the Erring, chapter 5, 19 and 20 being the verses. All right, now that you are thoroughly confused, it's time for us to get into the book and to read some of the Word of God before we finish out in this Bible class session. Chapter 1, Part 1, The Testings of Faith and the Purpose of Testings. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that she may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind, and tossed. 
For let not that man think the, that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Let the brother of low degree rejoice in he that is exalted, but the rich in that he is made low, because as the flower of the grass he shall pass away. For the sun is no sooner risen with a burning heat, but it withereth the grass, and the flower thereof falleth, and the grace of the fashion of it perisheth, so also shall the rich man fade away in his ways. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Now that's reading down through verse 12 of the general epistle of James chapter 1. And we're seeing here the purpose of testings there in these first few verses. It is interesting to note that when we read the book of James, it seems as if the verses do not necessarily flow from one to the other, just as it is in the book of Proverbs. When we read a couplet in the book of Proverbs, we see that many times they do not flow together from one verse to another, and they are compartmentalized in the verse structure or in the sentence structure. And so it is important for us to understand that this is the way James is constructed. It is as a piece of wisdom literature in the Old Testament in that these verses do not necessarily follow one to the other. Some do, some don't. And so you have to be listening carefully or reading carefully so you don't go beyond the thought that James is presenting here. Now think of this in verse 1. This is the introduction or the greeting. And it's set aside in some of the outlines, as the one that I gave you from Ryrie. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Notice the structure and construction of the verse. And it is one sentence, by the way. James a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of servant? A bondman, a slave, one that has been sold to this position, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. In other words, one that was bought with a price, and that's each one of us, is it not? We're bought with a price, the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. So who is it? It's James. Who is he? He's a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's it written to? The 12 tribes, that is the 12 tribes of the Jewish nation, which are scattered abroad. They're not in Jerusalem, but they're scattered abroad. They're around the world. They've been sent in the dispersion around the world. And then there's a comma. A comma gives us a pause greeting. Now, how should we begin our letters? I guess I would begin, Kenneth, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, 
to whomever it is I'm sending the letter, greeting. One of the things I picked up a long time ago was this thing of greeting. You know, when we write to someone, we're greeting them. We greet them in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We greet them with a salutation, a um, an attempt to make them be at ease and to want to hear what we have to say. And so we want to always greet those that we're sending our messages to and greet them in the name of Jesus Christ. And so we will take further look at James, the servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his message in our next study. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.